You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, this is, 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 is Kickoff in the Valley. Now here's your, now here's your host, Tyler, Tyler Vazquez and Gunnar Jackson. Welcome into the Kickoff in the Valley podcast covering your Arizona Cardinals. My name is Gunnar. That's Tyler Vazquez. We preview in the week. 15 showdown between the Cardinals and the Denver Broncos, a game that uh, the Bird Gang is traveling up to. What's up, Tyler? Yes. Yes, sir. It's going to be freezing, too, like 20 degrees wow. or something crazy. Yeah, it's been close to that here in Arizona. That's lately. true. It's It's been really, really weird cold front, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, up to Denver, um, this is a game that I was kind of excited to watch, you know, early on in the season prior to uh, the Cardinals just kind of stinking it up and uh, same with the Denver Broncos you know when uh, Russell went went up to uh went over to Denver you know I was excited uh, to see what he could do but I mean he's kind of been just uh crap in the bed up there you know so to speak well he's he's actually coming off his best game of the season but yeah up until then he's been terrible but now he's out with the concussion they're saying he might get cleared but it sounds like even if he gets cleared they're not going to play him so yeah that was my next question I hadn't uh, heard so it's he battles was, the backups this weekend it is okay yeah well I well, yeah, I, I hadn't it's heard. Not, it's I, not confirmed, confirmed. Okay. Yeah, it's it's not solidified yet. They have not officially ruled him out yet, but everything that they've kind of indicated so far is it sounds like he ain't playing. That video of uh, him hitting the ground, though, I mean, it was obvious what was happening there. on The, the last game that they played when he went down, uh, got tackled there. Right ahead of the no, on, uh, on Russell. Oh, I didn't see him do that. That's why he's concussed, man. That's why he's out. Oh, 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 oh. I thought you meant physically hitting with like his hand, like he was upset. No, no. Oh, he was running yeah, with yeah. the ball. That's you know that whole concussion. No, the reason playing, I, the, the the reason I thought you were saying Kyler because when Kyler was getting carted off, he visibly was pissed oh, and he punched yeah. the uh, the cart really hard. They actually showed it on Hard Knocks last night. Um, yeah, he was. You could tell the guy behind Kyler after that after he got hurt. And Kyler had the towel over his head. He, yeah. he whispers something to Kyler's ear, and all of a sudden, Kyler takes the towel off and like waves to the fans. <laughs> so good, good on the guy that's like supporting Kyler in his darkest moment. Like, hey, bud, it's probably a good look if you uh, maybe not hit the cart and maybe you know wave goodbye to everybody. But well, I mean, Kyler wants everybody to know that you know he's he's a he's sad that he's leaving the game, right? You know, because I mean, yeah. there's been a lot oh, of it's talk. Understandable. But- yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of talk of, uh, you know, whether Kyler is really into it, you know, is he uh, is he distracted by mm-hmm. something? Is he really want to be there? So, you know, him showing emotion there, it it showed, you know, that he wanted to be there unless he was acting, you know, who knows? No, no, no. I, I mean, Kyler loves the Kyler loves football. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any question in that. Now, is his leadership skills a little weird? Of course, but uh, he's yeah, I, I 
him being upset, this is his first major injury. He's never had an injury to this extent, right? Where you're going to be out yeah. eight, nine, ten months. So, uh, but the big news from yesterday, your your trains in motion of this fire cliff, fire Kime, fire everybody. <laughs> Steve Kime, indefinite leave of absence for health reasons. I don't want to speculate. If you want to speculate, Gunner, I'll let you do that all you want. But um, if I look forward, when you're taking an indefinite leave, usually that means you're coming back. But in this scenario, I would kind of be surprised if Steve Kime comes back. Like if he doesn't just step down. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not aware of any health issues he's got. Right. I mean, there was speculation of him, you know, and alcoholism and, and shit like that or crap like that. But I mean, would it be, it could be stress related. Right. Or, or do you think he's faking it to, to kind of could be mental health. It could be a lot of different uh, things. Right. I, I mean, I, that's why it's like, it's hard to, you know, I, I don't know if we want to be guessing what it is. Right. Like I know people are kind of, like you said, the alcohol stuff comes up because he had the yeah. UI a couple of years ago. So you're seeing stuff <laughs> like that from fans online. But again, the team's not going to come out with it in their statement. They said, due to law, we cannot talk about this any further yeah, HIPAA, um, because HIPAA it is because yeah, HIPAA, it's, it's a yeah. health deal. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, hopefully whatever it is, Kime's doing better. I will give you the timeline. Uh, last Friday, he does a weekly segment with Burns and Gamble with Arizona sports. he, they said he was not feeling well and he had to miss the segment. So right when that happened, it was a little interesting because mm. it, his call, it's just a phone call. So, I mean, I get it. If you're puking or whatever, like maybe you're not up for a phone call, right? Like I, that makes sense, but he misses the phone call and then he's not at the game on Sun on Monday uh, in the owner's box with Bidwell from what reports uh -huh. that I've read. So he's been removed from the team. It seems for a few days. So Hopefully it's nothing. I mean, it's got to be, I guess, somewhat serious if he's taking a leave. But I also have to think like long term as we set aside, OK, this person's individual our individual concern for this person, because I think yeah. everyone here, like, as much as like you may say, you know, he's done a terrible job or whatever. Steve Kimes a good guy. Like he's not a guy that you know, he's not a bad person that we know of that, right. you know, you wish this upon. So at the end of the day, we hope first and foremost that he gets better with whatever this is. Um, but at the end of the day, looking forward from a job standpoint, these two things aren't the same. So from a production standpoint, this almost makes me wonder if this stretches out three, four weeks, is Kime returning to the job? I don't know. This could be an easy way to bow out and say, hey, I'm stepping down from the job. What would you think of that, Gunnar? Uh, I don't know. You know, I, we kind of had a uh, discussion on air on the morning show uh, today. We were talking about most stressful jobs. We we're like, might as well add NFL GM to that, uh, you know, to that list. Um, because, I mean, look at the uh, the situation with Kime and his uh, indefinite leave, which, I mean, you can tell when uh, watching uh, Hard Knocks, you know, the way that he reacts when the team loses, you know, you can see that he's probably got a lot of, a lot of stress on his plate, you know? So, I mean, the, uh, the question was like, let's say hypothetically being that we, we, I mean, all we know it's a medical leave or whatever that, um, the stress is too much and, uh, you take that indefinite leave and you leave that way. Would you prefer to leave that way? Or would you prefer to be fired? Especially if you're looking at another, if you want to have another opportunity at a GM job. Because, I mean, I, I could see a team say, saying that he can't handle the stress, right? So why bring him in? 
Yeah, but you know? he was a G- he's been a GM for 10 plus years. So I mean it's it's safe okay. to be like this is a one-off situation. Listen, when I look at this, again, I don't want to speculate, but when I look at this, I see it as hey, if he does step away, right? Like or he does step down, and let's say he wants to come back and be a GM in a, a GM in a year or two, obviously the Cardinals will have filled that role already, so it would have to be somewhere else. Right. Is that a better look than being fired? Might be, right? Like, call, yeah. call. Voice of the bird god. How are we doing today, guys? <laughs> Just wanted Good to, bird. I was curious, you know, tying it into the head coaching prospects that you guys have talked about a bit and someone like Sean Payton. Now, there was no speculation around any mental health issues or anything like that or anything away from the game for him other than maybe just being burnt out and wanting to step away from it. You kind of started to touch on it there, Tyler. Could this just be, yeah, I want to continue for Sean Payton. It's as a coach. For Steve Kime, it's as a GM. But this isn't going to be the opportunity. And maybe I just want to take a season off. Maybe I want to take a year away from the game and then see what other opportunities might be out there given the direction the Arizona Cardinals seem to be trending. Yeah, (laughs) this creates a lot of questions. I mean, just all around. I mean, if if Michael Bidwell's had conversations with the Sean Payton already, right? Like, where could this all be going? This this could be the Cardinals keep everything close to the vest. You and I, Adam, talked about this on the last show. We said that the Cardinals don't like negative looks. Steve Kime getting fired is a negative look, no matter how way you see it, especially if there's something else involved. We're talking health, but I, I mean, I'm scared to say, what if it is yeah. an alcoholism thing? I, and again, don't want to speculate, but it's just, yeah, it's, it wouldn't be but, good. And then it would be that it would not have to do with any of the decisions that he's made for the team, though. You know, because I mean, it's this is a professional franchise. Why cover it with a cloak? You know, if we if we know what the end result's going to be here, you know, why why do they have to disguise it as a uh, as a as a medical thing? You know, be adults, be professionals. You know, if he's not and and, and not saying they are, they Steve Kai may have some serious thing going on, and we don't know. And that's the that's the big variable that we may never find out. So it's it's really what does the next four or five weeks look like after the season's over, right? Like what are they doing the first Monday after the season ends? Are they going to relieve him of duties? Is he stepping down? Are they going to relieve Cliff of duties? What is going to happen in the interim? Uh, and, and during his absence, his duties are going to be filled with by the VP of uh, player personnel, Quinton Harris, and it's going to be filled jointly uh, also by the VP of uh, pro personnel, uh, which is Adrian Wilson. So they're going to have two guys kind of taking Kimes reigns. Now right. there's transactions that'll be happening. It isn't like there's trades going down or drafts, draft picks being made or anything like that. Um, so nothing too insane other than, you know, maybe scouting some guys to be available as warm bodies or depth. Um, so we'll see there. Now, when we talk about Steve Kimes performance, let's look at the trades that he's made just this year alone He's given up a 2023 fifth pick, a 2024 sixth pick, a 2023 seventh pick, and a 2025 seventh pick. Now, back of the draft, all those, not he's not giving up first, second, third rounders. But in return, he got Trayvon Mullen, who they cut this week. Cody Ford, who's been injured most of the time he was here and has played a little bit. Uh, and Robbie Anderson, who had his best game on Monday, didn't do a lot, but had a couple of good catches. You see the emotion from him when he made those catches yeah. too. At one point, I don't know if they caught it on on film uh, or if you from watching from home. 
Trayvon or not Trayvon Mullen, Robbie Anderson makes his, I think it's a second catch of the day. And it was like 15, 20 yards. And he's like pointing to the crowd. That was uh, I turned to the guy behind me and said, that was his big F you <laughs> to the fan base of look, I can play because I'm sure, I mean, we've had Britton golden on in the past and he goes, we all check Twitter athletes check Twitter. So Robbie Anderson ain't stupid. He's been seeing what they've been saying about him. And when he made those plays, you know, that was a clear, I got the monkey off my back. I'm ready to play. So maybe you're getting some upside from Robbie Anderson these last couple of games. But but going back to the original point, Steve Kime has made a bunch of trades this year. None of them have panned out. He's just had a bad couple of years. Now his draft drafts recently have looked okay, but drafts prior, a lot of the guys aren't even on the team from prior years. So mm-hmm. performance-wise, Steve Kime hasn't had the best career ever since the DUI that he got a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, so does when, when you say the GM's making the picks, I mean, is he, he's gotta be uh, chatting with uh, Cliff Kingsbury and, you know, some of the other coaches, right? He's he's not just chatting with Cliff. He's chatting with Quentin Harris, Adrian Wilson, the guys that are filling in. That's why when fans say, let's get rid of time and let's promote Adrian Wilson. Fans are thinking with their heart of like, we loved Adrian Wilson as a player, not to say Adrian's not qualified to eventually be a gem somewhere. But ultimately just saying that, like, you're just remembering him as the player. You have no clue. He's been in the same regime that has drafted all these guys. So if we're knocking time for the draft, you can't tell me when they're drafting defensive players, they're not asking Adrian Wilson, who played, uh, you know, secondary in the NFL, like, what do you think of these guys, right? Like, they're getting his opinion. So his voice is in that room. Now, is he the ultimate decision maker? No. But, and this is a conversation that we had in the last episode that I said, I would like to see them go outside the organization because at the end of the day, the results that you're getting are from everyone that's in there already one way or shape or form. So, yeah, I mean, they're not the best decision makers either. I mean, look at the, um, the example in the last game where, uh, Cliff Kingsbury challenged his first play of the season. And I mean, a couple of years, right. It was like 2019 was like the last time. he (laughs) threw the red flag, but I mean, anybody who was sitting next to a TV, which I mean, his coaching staff has those TVs in the booth should have seen, you know, well, and that's where it's not necessarily on Cliff, right? Like those other coaches, yeah, should have. They got to have your back. Now, who's to say? Like maybe he's listening to the player on the field that's saying, "Oh yeah, no, 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 no." You know right. what I mean? Like there's a couple of people he's getting feedback from the player and the coaches. So if someone gave him bad information, yeah, and he's trusting his guys, and he was kind of hung out to dry on that one. There's, there's just a lot of examples throughout the season, you know, of some bad decisions, and be if it's Cliff on his own or the the people that Cliff has around him. You know, um, and the same with Kime, you know, the people around him, you know, I mean, somebody in there's, you know, not making the best of decisions. I wouldn't put it all on Kime or all on Cliff, you know, maybe everybody around him. But, you know, I guess when you get rid of a coach or get rid of a GM, there's people around them that depart as well. You know, so maybe you just need that need a whole new regime in there, you know, to kind of turn things around. Who knows? I would like the new regime. I, I don't I don't think that's a bad play. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, he uses a season ticket holder, man. I mean, you gotta get you gotta be tired of watching those losses at State Farm Stadium. That'd be it's it's painful, I'll tell you that. I, I mean, spending the money that you spend to go there and 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 a lot of times to not even be competitive, right? Like there's been some games where they lose by a point. You know, me Adam talked brought that up on the last pod. He brought up uh this what if scenario. What if you flip the games that were one point or one score games? Yeah. What would the impact be on the Cardinals? The Cardinals would have been a playoff team. Now, 
there's also been plenty of games that have been blowouts. And it's one of those things where you look at the Phoenix Suns right now, their last like five games have not even been competitive. That's miserable as a fan. And it doesn't help in this market that you're going to Suns games. A lot of fans are fans of both, right? They go to Suns games and they're getting blown out. Go to Cardinal games and they're not being competitive. The Cardinals were competitive that whole first half. They were in the lead. That second half went to hell real fast on Monday. Dude, I mean, not one single point scored in the second half. I mean, you go to halftime, you're supposed to be making, uh, you know, tweaks and adjustments to uh, what you're seeing the other team do. And obviously whatever their game plan was in the first half was a hell of a lot better than the second half or or the Patriots did what they were supposed to do at halftime, you know, make their adjustments. And they figured out what the Cardinals were doing. And it I just think, kept I them- think that's I think that's what it is, Gunner. That's really what you know, it is. You got it's a Belichick. really smart coach and Belichick. They're <laughs> yeah. making yeah. adjustments. He's seeing what Cliff's doing, and ultimately, oh. we're not we're not the best at that. So out coached him like crazy. Oh yeah, but you oh. had to know that was going to happen. You have Cliff who's struggling here, and and the team that's struggling as a whole, not just Cliff, going against one of the greatest coaches, yeah. of all, if not the greatest coach of all time. I, I mean, yeah. what do you expect? You know, I mean, I, and I've said on a podcast before, I, I've seen nothing from this team that uh, gives me confidence in anything, you know, and in, in putting any bets on them and stuff like that. But, you know, for whatever reason, Monday, I decided to put money on the Cardinals. I thought maybe they could turn it around. It's like, you know, in my head, I'm like, they've got to be able to win another one at home. I mean, if there's any chance for them to, I mean, there's no way they're going to make it to the playoffs, but I mean, they got to turn it around at some point. You know, and then there you go, starting the game, third play of the game. Kyler, you know, doing what he did to his knee and and uh, and all my bets, man. I mean, with the Cardinals, they just did not show up on Monday night. It was very disappointing. You, you <laughs> I had a buddy that put big money on Kyler Murray, uh, Ramondre <laughs> Stevenson. It was a parlay. And within the first yeah. quarter, Kyler Murray's out and Ramondre Stevenson's out. And yeah, well, I will like say 400. 400 bucks on a parlay. I mean, it was well, depending on what, what book he used uh, FanDuel, They, uh, they went and um, they called it a bad beat and uh, they, they reimbursed uh, the bets that Kyler Murray and would you say Riandre was his name, right? Stevenson um, yeah. it, because of what happened to them in that game. If that leg, they with that the bet. player, yeah, they, they, uh, they uh, reimbursed the bet in uh, free bets. You know, I mean, it wasn't like your cash back, but hey, you know, you didn't lose it. I mean, <laughs> every one of my parlays had, had uh, Kyler Murray, you know, in their pl- over 250 passing yards. And I don't he had bet 30 on the yards Cardinals. Even done. I won't I do it. I mean, I did the MVP I bet, but I, I won't do game bets because, yeah. I mean, I'd be losing money 17, 16 weeks of the year. I mean, it'd be bad. Yeah, but I mean, I and, and, and I don't blame you. You know, there was something about Monday night, you know, prime time. Let's see what happens. You know, I was hoping that they were going to be able to pull through. <laughs> we are never good in primetime gutter. Never. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was hoping, man. I was hoping. You know, my the lights so and cameras. Dude, you sound like so, me. I've been so I, negative, I, Nancy, all season. I'm like, here we go. Let, let's try being positive. Let's try putting money on the Cardinals. Let's see what happens. And yeah, it didn't work. Kyler Murray goes out for, you know, busts his knee and he's out for uh, with the remainder of the season and probably part of next season. Eight, too. eight to 10 months. I mean, that's what yeah. I'm reading. Eight to 10 months. I mean, you're talking, well, I, I mean, it's December. That means October, maybe September, start of the season. I mean, oh, okay. so if what, what, what do you see happening? 
what do you what do you see happening there? I mean, obviously, you know, with the the draft order and stuff like that, we may be able to get a get a quarterback. Do you see the Cardinals drafting a quarterback? I think you're putting the cart before the horse in the sense of like we need to first find out this impact of Steve Kime taking a leave of absence and what happens with Cliff Kingsbury because if they're coming back, right? Both of them are coming back in their role. Then they're then I doubt they take a quarterback, right? And they shouldn't. If you've got Kyler Murray, you've got this money invested in him. Yeah, you don't know what kind of side effects this was with modern medicine and the freak that he is with his big legs. Uh, you got to think he's going to come back and be, you know, I would think he'd be okay. Uh, he didn't tear his ACL and his MCL, you know, wasn't like at that extent. You know, you've saw some players that just completely shred their knee. Yeah. Um, so I mean, no, you never come back the same. No, off, off an injury, like with an ankle or, or a knee, you know, and it, I don't know if it's just mental or what, but you know, th- these, uh, uh but he's, a good, say- he's a, he's a good passing quarterback though. That's the one thing I want to preface. Like he's not a guy that solely relies on his legs. He's actually this year more than any other stop running. So, and right. stop doing those things compared to past years. You can tell he's trying to get away from that. Now I, we brought it up on the last podcast, Russell Wilson. Like his decline, he's not as good of a runner anymore and things. Mm-hmm. And but that's over time. He's gotten a little bit older, right? Like that's going to happen for any mobile quarterback. So at some point you've got to adapt and become a good passer. And maybe this will be a good, maybe I'm holding on optimism here. Like you were with your bets. Maybe this will be a good thing for Kyler to, maybe that's what he works on is just becoming more of a less mobile quarterback and yeah. more of a, you know, pocket threat with his arm he could throw beautiful passes i mean we've seen it the hail mary's the hop the all kinds of great throws he's made in tight windows he's he has a great arm with that being said let me go over transactions and injuries real quick uh as of yesterday that have come out kyler moore and rondell moore or kyler murray and rondell moore were both moved to ir obviously kyler was obvious uh but rondell or rondell ronald moore uh rondell moore what am i saying uh i'm reading my note here and it was a copy and paste job and i left it out rondell moore he moved to ir uh he will not be back so with rondell being out what's what's very upsetting about that is we don't get a single snap with deandre hopkins hollywood brown and rondell moore together right (laughs) so that that was with the big three that you thought you get them together they're going to be big focal point of this offense uh, you're not going to get it now. So that's over. Uh, Zach Allen, who hurt his hand in the game against Denver, he was seen that he had a brace on his hand. Sounds like he will not play this weekend for obvious reasons, but usually those linemen can get back in. You know, sometimes they wear the cast. With the way the season's going, I don't know if they rush him like that. Probably shut him down. Uh, Tight end uh, Max Williams, who went down with a bad knee injury last season, he is now back and uh, has been brought up to the active roster. And then corner, Jace Whitaker was brought in. Uh, Will Hernandez, offensive lineman. Finally, we're going to get some offensive lineman reserves back to the squad. So Will Hernandez, which is one of the original starters of this team, he will be back, it sounds like, hopefully this weekend. He's been designated to come back. The Cardinals did sign two quarterbacks, David Blau and Carson Strong, to the practice squad. Neither have been elevated yet, so... Right now, it's just Colt McCoy and Trace McSorley uh, filling in there with Kyler being out. I doubt they'll activate a third. I think they'll just go with Cars- uh, with uh, Colt and Trace yep. as long as neither are hurt. If either have any sign of injury, then you'll probably activate a third on game day. 
And then the last piece of news, the Cardinals waived corner Trayvon Mullen, who we just talked about that they traded for. He played 42 snaps on Monday. That was the most for him between the Cardinals uh, all season. So it's kind of interesting that he got cut then, especially with Marco Wilson going down and Byron Murphy already being hurt. They cut a corner. I get they bring it in Jace Whitaker, but you traded for this guy. So it's a very questionable move to let him go when you're thin. It's almost like the Eno Benjamin thing all over again. You're thin at a position. You have injuries. And now you're cutting a guy that you probably need. So it's, well, it's I mean, really what weird. was what there? There could have been something more going on with Eno because he was waived by the Texans after they picked him up. So what? Correct. What? And, and the comment from the coach. Do you see that when he was waived? Uh, oh, he said sometimes it's just better to to go to divorce. It was really <laughs> oh, interesting. Usually when you release a guy like that, it's like ah, oh, it just wasn't a good fit or whatever. I mean, his comments almost sounded like it was ugly. So I don't know what Eno's been doing, but it it sounds like uh, Eno's had some bad meshing with some coaches lately. So, yeah, I mean, if he wants to play in the NFL, man, he needs to needs to kind of get it together. I mean, there's two two teams now that have uh, cut him loose. I mean, who uh, what other team, you know, is going to take a chance on him? And it's two really bad teams is the key here, Gunner. Yeah, like. It's one thing if it's a team that's stacked with talent and they're like, hey, we can't, you know, whatever. We've got to worry about a playoff push. It's the Houston Texans who are the worst team in the NFL <laughs> that are cutting you. Like, yeah. that's not good. <laughs> that's no. really not good. Um, uh, going back, to, oh, go going back to the quarterback thing real quick, because um, I saw it kind of floating around online. Uh, Marcus Mariota um was benched by the Falcons and now he has departed the Falcons. What are you what are your thoughts on uh let go. Yeah, he, it uh NBC Sports reported yesterday that uh, after benching Marcus Mariota leaves the Falcons. So, what are your wow. thoughts on if the Cardinals like need this uh this quarterback, this experienced no, uh, somewhat experienced quarterback would they go after Mariota? No. I I uh Wow, that's crazy. I can't believe that. I'm not looking at that story as well. Uh, I th- I had friends bring this up to me. They go, why don't we go get a uh, Cam Cam Newton, right? Or go get someone that's that's at home right Captain now Nick that is something. a quality <laughs> quarterback, right? No, the Cardinals. I, and I said, no, they're going to bring in some scrub that, you know, undrafted out of college, whatever. Someone that may have some, take a look at them, see the upside, whatever. Like, they're not going to go get a retread or a guy that's been in the league and a starter, they're yeah. not claiming Baker Mayfield off waivers, right? Last week, like the Rams did. The Cardinals are going to ride this out. And honestly, with how quick they're sending people to IR and stuff, I'm not going to flat out call this tanking, but it don't uh, look okay. good, right? right. Like, so, you're, so you're thinking that they're just going to kind of hope for a better draft pick at this point. So don't bring any big names in. Yeah, the NFL draft order as it stands today, Houston is 1-11. And one, they have a tie. So they're the number one pick. Denver okay. is sending their pick to Seattle. They're three and 10. We played Denver this weekend and they're the second pick. So they're going to give that to Seattle though. Chicago uh, is three and 10. They're the third pick. The Rams are the fourth pick, but they're giving that to the Lions for the Stafford trade. Uh, they're four and nine. The Saints are four and nine as well. And they are sending that pick to the Eagles. I'm not exactly sure who they traded for and why that pick went over to the Eagles. Yeah. But uh, the sixth pick is us at four and nine. So with that being said, you're tied with the fourth and fifth pick, and you're one game behind the second and third pick. 
if you were to lose to Denver, right, uh, you're going to jump a couple teams here as long as they as long as they either win, you know, if the Saints, I thought we lost. Didn't we? Did we beat the Saints? Yeah, that was was Thursday night. Yeah, that was a game that was won at State Farm Stadium. The one win. State Farm. Uh, uh, that's right. So that's why they're ahead of us. Okay. So yeah. if the Saints win, then and we lose to Denver, then we would jump them. We can move up as high as two. More than likely, we're going to fall somewhere between four to six, unless we surprisingly get some wins. And I would be really shocked with the way they're shutting people down. And yeah. Colt McCoy is not the same quarterback with the offensive line that he has right now. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, it's, it's a business move. It'd be a smart business move to, to not, you know, pick up a big name. I mean, the only reason you really pick up a big name is if you're going to make a run for it. But I mean, then again, the Rams went and gra- grabbed, uh, Baker Mayfield. So I don't know what to make of that one. Cause I mean, there's no way they're going to make a run at the playoffs, right? I mean, there's no way. No, but I think the Rams are in a much different position. They still have a roster that went to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. I thought bring this was some of that voice of the bird got energy if I can. I thought this, this was, was a hard knocks theme for a second. Oh, that's what you're giving us. This is the bird god theme. That's what you're hearing right now. No, what I just wanted to point out, because you just because you brought it up there, uh in the Saints trade, why are they up there? So last in the last draft class, the Eagles traded the 16th and 19th overall picks along with the 22, 2022 sixth round pick to the Saints for their 18th mm. overall pick, a 2022 third round pick, 2022 seventh round, and then the 2023 first round pick as well as a 2024 second round pick. And it's interesting just to think back to that. And just from a GM perspective, that's what we're talking a lot about today. You know, when you make those moves, all of a sudden you turn around and you're the Eagles performing at such a high level, going to be the number one seed, and you're set up to get the Saints very high draft pick in the upcoming draft class. I mean, the, the beautiful move. Yeah, the spectrum of, of quality GMs, right? And certainly when you think about the Eagles, we know that Howie Roseman is regarded as one of the best GMs in the league because he replenishes, keeps the team competitive, finds ways to create moves, and, and that's what you're hoping the Cardinals can do with the current or future GM whenever they choose to make that move. Well, think about Denver, right? Like, what a bad move they made. They're in the, the number two draft spot, and we'll have plenty of time to draft, but they're trading their pick to Seattle. Seattle, again, really good shape. Might make might make the playoffs. They're kind of floundering right now. Yeah. But if they make the playoffs, they're going to get, you know, a draft pick in the 20s as their own pick, unless they traded that to Denver and part of that. I don't think they did. But they'll have that pick. But then as well, they're going to get the number two overall as, as of today from Denver, who Denver thought by getting Russell Wilson, give him all this money. They're yeah. going to be in really good shape. So that's a great move. The Rams getting that pick, uh, or, or sorry, the Lions getting that pick from the Rams. Look how bad the Rams have now bid, been, and the Lions are pushing on the door for a playoff team. So it's kind of what you were just saying where you've got some GMs that are playing chess over here while other GMs are just playing checkers. And mm-hmm. uh, the Eagles, Lions, and Seahawks have all looked like they've hit it out of the park with recent trades uh, to – now bring in great draft picks in the top 10 top seven um i'm gonna mention it because we were talking about the saints and eno benjamin the saints claimed uh eno so he's over at the saints now yes yes i did see that sorry i was gonna try to pass around okay (laughs) yeah yeah he he did go to the saints better situation to a degree i mean they don't really have a quarterback but they do run the ball a lot so maybe eno can get some some traction there 
Um, let's go behind enemy lines. We had a guest lined up. I think they got just tied up. So we're going to, I did a lot of research on, on the Broncos for this weekend. We don't need to go too crazy on this because it is a, uh, what are the Broncos? Three, three and 10. And the Cardinals are battle of the backups. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy that 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 is the case that uh, for the Broncos, man. I mean, you go into the season and they thought that that whole division, that whole AFC uh, was going to be West great, just was going to be dominant, you know? And I mean, look at the Broncos with only three wins. That's insane. The Raiders, dude. not very good. Oh. Yeah. No, it's been interesting. And even the, the Chargers haven't been what, you know, a lot of people thought that offense was going to, um, you know, be able to make up for some shortcomings, but yeah. just hasn't been the same. They've had a lot of injuries at wide receivers. So with that being said, uh, against the Chiefs last week, Russell Wilson was coming off, like I said earlier, his best game of the season, 247 yards, three touchdowns, had a 101 quarterback rating, and then he gets concussed. And yeah. like we said, he probably will not play this weekend. Uh, it's Brett Rippon that came in to fill in for uh, Russell Wilson instantly. Had some success. He threw a touchdown to Jerry Judy right out the gate. But then he followed that up with uh, four for eight completions, 56.3 rating, and an interception. So uh, was not the quarterback that they thought they were getting when he first came in and threw that touchdown. Uh, and it was yeah. a pretty beautiful touchdown. Was the th I think it was the third touchdown of the day for Judy at that point. So the Cardinals, that's what they're going up against offensively. Not a good offensive team. The running game hasn't been the same, I know, because I got the running backs in fantasy football, and it's a mess. Uh, but the strength of this Broncos team, Gunner, is their defense. And when we look at Colt McCoy, when Colt McCoy's had success and all the fan base was clamoring, Colt McCoy, he should be the guy, and, oh, this will be good, Kyler's out, because Colt McCoy's got leadership. Well, Colt McCoy, when he's had success, he's had time. And... When he played the Niners in Mexico, he didn't have time. And so thus, he looked like a shell of himself. I dare say it. Kyler Murray looked way better than him at any point in the season uh, versus his performance in that game. He did not look good filling in for Kyler on Monday against another pretty good defense in, in New England. But again, I don't think it's Colt's fault. I think this is just showing you why Kyler Murray's also had struggles. That offensive line's been a revolving door. So when we look at the Broncos, their defense are holding quarterbacks to a sub-80 rating right now, which is not good. So no. um, Sertan's going to be looking to lock down DeAndre Hopkins. You got a you know got a good corner there. Hopkins likes likes these matchups. He likes the the top name guys and likes to show out. So we'll see there. Hard knocks last night definitely documented that. Hopkins was not happy about his performance against the Patriots. He felt he lost the team, the game. I thought that was the best episode. We'll get into that hard knocks here in a minute to close the show, but I thought that was the best episode so far. Um, my last bit on the Broncos is receiving. Uh, when we go to the offense, who's going to be helping out Rippon? Uh, they've got Dolchich, the tight end, who's really come on as of late with Russell. So who's to say that he does that with Rippon? Uh, but he's been kind of consistent for them. Jerry Judy is coming off a big game, three touchdowns, like I mentioned a minute ago. Yeah. You have hamstring injuries to uh, uh, Cortland Sutton and uh, Hinton. Both of those guys probably with, with hamstrings, I would imagine. They're both do not practices as of yesterday. I would imagine they probably don't come back this week. So they'll they'll probably be running with some backup wide receivers, but they do have that consistency in Judy and uh, Dolchich. So... That is what the Cardinals are going up against this week. Gunner, I know you love the picks. NFL.com, 
dead split. They have 10 analysts that all picked five for the Broncos, five for the Cardinals. Ugh. I, Nobody's got a call. Not touching this game. Not touching this game, dude. I I tried going. <clears throat> I tried. I tried. You know, on uh, on Monday to go with the uh, the Cardinals. I'm not going to touch it with the with the backups. You know, and uh, they're going to watch a lot of tape on uh, Colt, which there's not much tape, but you know, I I have a feeling that um, Bill Belichick had you know, was ready for a Colt McCoy. You know, coming out of the half and knew what worked against Colt McCoy, as you know, you saw with the 49ers, kind of held them down in Mexico City. Uh, Denver's got, uh, you know, they're the probably pull what uh, uh, what Belichick did, and you know, and know what works against Colt McCoy. And what 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 issue I see with uh, Kingsbury is that he's got to stick with a game plan. He's not going to try and figure out something new with Colt McCoy to kind of throw the team off. And I mean, you don't see that from Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. I, call, call. I, I want to just chime in here on these betting lines and potentially some props or odds. But, and before, cause I know you're going to turn your attention to, um, to talking a little bit of the TV program. That is the Arizona Cardinals in season, okay. but Trey McBride, you know, after the, after the injury to Ertz, obviously he's come in, he's been playing. Just, I always think it's important when your season so is maybe effectively over looking at some of the young players and trying to be excited about them. What have you seen from him so far to this point coming off that new England loss, three catches on six targets, 28 yards. That's the most yardage he's had in any individual game a second most receptions behind the four catch day that he had against San Francisco. Are you liking what you're seeing from him? Cause I think that's something that Cardinals fans can at least hold on to a little bit of hope is that if there's some young talent, that's going to be a part of what happens going forward. I was super hyped on Trey McBride and I've soured a little bit uh, on Monday. He had that grown man catch where he got leveled. And kept the ball, and it was probably his best catch of the season by far. Uh, so that gave you hope. That gave you the signs of like, man, that was like a Kelsey type catch. Like he didn't, he he showed he was a grown man playing a kid's game there. Uh, if he can do more of that, and, and I'm not necessarily saying it's it's his fault either. We've seen this team is not very good at developing young talent. You know, they've got Newman in or whatever on the, the linebacking core right now, and, and he ain't playing well, and, and they they are not playing the young guys that they just drafted in his place. And it's just like, guys, develop these players. Name one young guy that we have successfully developed over the past couple of years, I dare you. And so when you look at a Trey McBride, it's like, I don't know if it's all on Trey. Like, I, it, it makes me think if he was somewhere else, he'd probably – be a Hawkinson type player or a Gasicki or a, you know, one of those guys who aren't, aren't dominating by any fashion, but Hawkinson's starting to show he is the guy that, that the lions had drafted originally. And he's now performing pretty well with the Vikings. It, it's one of those things where again, ch change the scenery. He leaves the lions where he was kind of subpar, had some injury stuff, whatever. And then he goes to the Vikings and now he's kind of a staple of that offense right now. So would that be the case with Trey McBride? I don't know. Um, I'm not giving up on him yet. I am scared to call Rondell Moore a bust, but I'm almost there, right? Mm -hmm. And he's another player that, you know, he just went to the IR, and it's like, again, a guy not being developed, but he's he's constantly hurt, and when he's on the field, he's subpar. So you look at multiple players on this team that are kind of in the same boat, like a Trey McBride, it, it's 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 the jury's still out. We're not, not exactly sure yet. And certainly a conversation for the back end of the season, young players, young talent – 
that might be more successful somewhere else, right? That's the hardest thing if you're a Cardinals fan. You don't believe in the coaching staff. You don't believe in the GM. You don't believe in the training, the scouting. Like You don't believe in so much how many players are maybe being broken inside the Cardinals organization. That's more of a tease, though, my friends, for the offseason, I think. That's the story of the Cardinals of, tw- of 20, 30 years. I-, I mean, for years and years in the 90s, it was, man, why do these guys leave the Cardinals and become dominant, awesome performing players. And we've never gotten rid of that. And and it's that's the one thing. This is why we scream to the hills that we want Sean Payton or someone like that to come in to change the culture, change the mindset, get someone that is a hot commodity to come in here and and show what they can do with this franchise. So that's why I want to give up on the Cliff experience, but that's not here there. <laughs> Do you think Cliff's being tied down by time? You know, like, cause I, like you said, this has been going on, you know, not, not developing young players for years. Right. And Cliff's only been there for a few years. You know, do you think it's a kind thing? Well, but the development is on the coaching. So like that's right. Now, now I mean, is time not giving him the players that can develop? I don't know because again, if they leave and perform somewhere else, well, then it was the coaches. It wasn't time, you know, it wasn't the GM. Right. But not, but you look, I mean, at, coach- you look at Hassan Reddick, right? For that went to he went to Carolina now with the Eagles. He's had since his last year with the Cardinals, he had uh 10 sacks or double digit sacks. Then he went to the Panthers, had double digit sacks, and now with five games to go, four games to go, has double digit sacks with the Eagles. That guy was not performing for three, four years until we moved his position. Now, the one part that you're saying is Kime hampering them. Is that a Kime or and Bidwell saying, hey, we drafted them to play here, so that's where you must play them and doesn't allow them to move them? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. I would think they're gonna say, hey, put them in the best. If I'm Kime, if I'm a GM, I'm saying, here's the tool. You better use it the best way possible. I don't right. care where you put it, just as long as it works. Like I at the end of the day, I'm not gonna I hired you. You're the coach. You yeah. you do what you do. So yeah, you would I think, but I mean, you also have heard a lot of stories out of uh, Dallas, you know, of uh, that GM there overstepping, you know, what what his role is and kind of involving himself in the coaching aspect of it. You know, maybe he's just asking uh, Kingsbury to focus on the veterans, you know, and and make sure that they're in their positions and you know, and developing plays for them without considering the uh, the youngsters, you know. I mean, if it's a trend ever since Kime's been there, you know, and I mean, Cliff's only been there a few years, but I mean, Cliff's well, only going to do it was a trend. It was a trend pre-Kime, so it's not like was, okay. you know, this is this has been the Cardinals organization for, like I said, 20, 30 years. I mean, it's just not been good. <sighs> I I don't know. Like, I, I I'm at the point. Kime's been there since '99, man. As a, as no, a but scout. I'm saying this was a trend. They came here in '88. This has been a trend since okay. '90, '91, '92. Wow. I mean, this was this has always been kind of the story with the Cardinals. But with that being said, um, I, I I'm at the point blow it all up. That's where I'm at, and and you might as well just rebuild and start new. I, I'm not trying to say it's one guy or the other, and you're keeping one guy over the other. I, I honestly don't think that. I think if you were to do it, I would be more in trust in keeping time with a veteran proven coach, AKA a Sean Payton. I'd be okay with that versus keeping, bringing in a new GM and keeping cliff. Cause I think cliff is going to be what he's going to be. And at the end of the day, it's highway robbery. When cliff is playing like an AJ green last night, 
who I'm telling you right now, book it. He will not be on this roster in four weeks after the season's over, right? He's gone. So at this point, you have nothing left to play for. Play Greg Dorch. Play these <laughs> other guys. No, but play the young guys, like you know, yeah. defensively. Play well, Dorch's got speed, people. man. I, I'm with you. He's got speed. I mean, they have him on kick returns, you know, but why can't they move other positions, like move it around? Like, you know, I mean, if they're not using Robbie, I mean, they used him in the last game. And, and, and that's even that. Use Robbie more. Like, yeah. like, let's get Robbie more active because at some point you need to know what you have. You know what you have with Hollywood Brown and Hopkins. Like, at the end of the day, you could scale them back a little bit if you really wanted to because you're not playing for anything. And if you're tanking, then let's at least tank with the young guys. Like, you know <laughs> what, what I mean? Like, get, yeah. yeah. Well, see what they're made of and give them the reps so they're ready for next year. Like, that's what I want. I, that's what I want to yeah. see. And so let's go to Hard Knocks real quick as we, we go to wrap this episode. But uh, last night, did you get to see the full episode or only, only part? I didn't watch it. Yeah, I didn't watch it yesterday. Oh, okay. Well, I'll give you some of the highlights and let you react here. What you'll see in this episode, best episode uh, of the season so far, because it felt like you got more background. It starts off with Cliff Kingsbury driving to the office and he's going there at like four in the morning. I mean, it's still dark out. He's like, oh, I." one thing he stood out to me that he said was he felt like he had regrets about his playing time in the pros. Uh, he was with the Patriots, obviously. And he felt like almost made it sound like he didn't commit to working as hard as he felt like he should. And so he said he never wanted that to be the case in this phase of his career being a head coach. So he believes in the first one in last one, to leave mentality. You saw him in getting a workout in like early in the morning. And then obviously he's going to the office and, and, and watching tape and putting together game plans and doing all that. So Cliff puts in the work. So I don't want to blame him for that. But uh, that was nice to see. You also saw the relationship with DeAndre Hopkins and his mother. You saw how hard he took it when he fumbled in that game Monday. And, and he flat out said, this loss is on me. The momentum completely changed once I had that fumble and they scored. So it was great to see. It's great to see leaders really step up. I will say something I noticed is in that quarterback room is that when they cut to those scenes, it's like Colt McCoy is always the one talking. Kyler's just kind of like sitting there, like he's looking, he's paying yeah. attention, but he ain't the one leading the quarterback room, which is so weird to me. I get Colt's been around longer, but dude, this is your team. Like you should be the one leading the conversation. And we only see a small snippet, but I feel like every snippet we see, it's like a constant that it's always Colt and it's not Kyler. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they did show JJ Watt uh, mentoring Cam Thomas, which was awesome. He's a rookie and uh, seeing him, he's built a little bit like a JJ Watt. So seeing him talk to him and then uh, Zach Allen, they had some, they had a weird conversation about Zach giving his dog a bath naked. It was, I don't know. It was really weird. Uh, it was more JJ Watt, like trying to make him look weird on TV. It was pretty funny, but uh, seeing Zach, seeing JJ Watt's leadership and he talked about, he's at the end of his career. So he's really valuing this time to try to coach up other guys and, and he's really embracing that type of role. So that's what made it like a really, really good episode. I did notice at practice, this four Kyler gets hurt. He, his leadership and it, leadership's different with everybody. You have the leaders like a JJ Watt that's very coaching, loving, um, and helpful. <laughs> then you have the Kyler where it's kind of like yell at you. And uh, and you saw that at practice. He's yelling at a guy about lining up or whatever. 
And you can tell he's not mad at the guy, but he's more like, dude, what the heck? Like, get it together. And it's more of a aggressive uh, talk down to you leadership. And uh, I remember in my young career of, of, of when I was in a management position, I had employees. I remember initially I felt I was the Kyler kind of leader, like very kind of dictator type leader. And I learned as I got older, and this is, I think, the the hopeful part of this, when he watches a Colt and watches JJ and watches a Hopkins take ownership and watch all these guys, I hope as he gets older, because I saw it with myself, like by the time I got to be in my late 20s, I was not the same leader that I was at 22, 23, 24 years old of, of, of individuals. And I was more compassionate and more listen. I tried to coach. Hopefully... Kyler coming off this injury. This is reflecting for him. Hopefully that's what we're going to see some transition. Hopefully he'll get to watch hard knocks a little bit and see how he looks <laughs> on tape. Uh, I'd be really interested for that. But Gunnar, hearing all that, I mean, I'm looking forward to watching, Yeah. I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing that episode. I, I, I've kind of been a couple of days behind, you know, when it comes yep. to that, you know, I'm in bed by seven o'clock each night. So, I mean, I did look for it yesterday. I couldn't remember what time they were. Oh, released it doesn't it. drop till eight. So if yeah, you're in bed so, by seven, you're missing yeah. it. So I'm looking forward to turning that on tonight, you know, and uh, and uh, seeing everything you just talked about, man. Key to the game this weekend, don't win. I got into <laughs> it with a guy on Twitter on Sunday. He's like, that's bad culture. Like, you should never try to tank. Listen, the Arizona Cardinals are not in the position with the holes that they have to be focusing on W's right now. They yeah. need dynamic studs that they're only going to get in the top four or five of the draft. And ultimately I'm okay with them losing. I would prefer if they lose and, and, and if that were to happen this weekend, they do it with younger talent though. I think that's the message play the younger guys. And at the if end of the day, play, I, you, I can take it. If they win Gunner, huh? You put Hopkins on the bench and you say, play the old guys or you play the young guys. So you, you put the stars just, on the bench. No, I'm not going to say putting them on the bench, but I'm saying instead of throwing 10 passes to DeAndre Hopkins, maybe he only gets five or six, and you spread out three or four of them to some of the younger guys. Get Robbie a little more involved. Like, Hollywood Brown and Hopkins shouldn't be getting 20 passes a game the rest of the way. It just shouldn't. Like, I get they care about their numbers, but at the end of the day, let's, for the good of the team going forward, Let's focus on some of the young guys and getting them involved. Keontae Ingram, the running back, you know, get him in there to maybe lighten the load of James Conner's snaps. Because what's the worst that can happen, Gunner? We saw it this past Monday. James yeah. Conner tears an ACL and now he's gone for another year. You know what I mean? Like, you know what's going to happen when they do that? They're going to win the game because it's different than what they've done all season. You know, well, they, Gunner, the I'm okay with that. If they win <laughs> playing the future, uh -huh. okay, I'm fine with it because okay. at least we know there's a foundation there that you can build upon next year. Yeah. Right now, you're not building upon, there's a chance that you're going to move Hopkins next year. There's a chance you're not bringing JJ Watt back. Like these guys might not be on the team. So let's get the young guys in there, get the reps, see what we got. Because here's, again, a bad thing. I don't want to put this in the universe, but I'm going to. Hopkins gets a major injury, and you were planning on moving him. Well, guess what? It's going to be kind of hard to move him now. Yeah, J.J. True. Watt, going to be hard to move him if he gets a bad injury these next four weeks. So let's scale back their time. 
and let's play the young guys and see what we got and see what happens. If we get a win, you can be happy with it. It's not something you, you, you're going to kill yourself over because you hurt your draft position that bad. With that being but I mean, if you're Michael Bidwell and hearing that little thing, you know what you said, and you know if they're if they're gonna win with the younger players, they were built to get to the Super Bowl this season, you know. So are you saying to, to uh, that's over? You've been eliminated. I mean, okay, ain't so nothing so left. That you're, you're saying go rebuild, all rebuild, like like pretty much what Seattle did almost. No, I guess I'm saying you can bring a JJ Watt back or a Hopkins, but we you have 20 guys that are gonna be free agents. 20, I think it was 22, 21 guys. We need to see what we have to decide who do you want to resign, who do you want to trade, who do you want to like. Yeah. We need to see what else is on this roster and, and really figure out these these uh, these young guys and what they can do. I mean, it's just they're and they're only going to get better by live reps, you know, training camp reps, practice reps. At the end of the game on Hard Knocks, Colt McCoy was standing by Cliff, and Cliff said, "You did great. It's hard to win a game like this when you don't get the reps," yeah. because Kyler got all the reps that week. Well, same thing with all the young guys. They need to get the reps. We need to get live ammo going and seeing what they can do. So, so what's your prediction then for uh, for Sunday? Because I I feel like if they're going to put the young guys in, it's a different look than what Denver Denver's watching tape. You know, with the stars. So they put all the young guys in. It's a different look. I could see them winning. You know, the the young guys are going to look to uh, impress. So, what, what's your take on it? What do you think is going to happen on uh, on Sunday? Like, the Broncos don't score a lot of points. I think they're the lowest scoring team in the NFL. I believe that's a sad I saw the other day. If they man, I, I hate to take the Cardinals in this uh because their defense is really good. The Broncos D is really good, and Colt McCoy yeah. has really struggled. So by that. I would think the Broncos win this game, but the Broncos offense is atrocious. So if the Cardinals can muster any points, I think they win this game, especially if Russell Wilson is definitely out. So I would pick the Cardinals. I don't know what the score is going to be just based on offenses, uh, but I wouldn't be shot. Dude, this is a coin flip all the way. Well, they got it at 36 and a half points, so they don't see it being that high scoring of a game, you know. Who's the favorite right now? I didn't look. Is it the Broncos? Uh, Denver. I mean, it's just, I mean, I think it's even, but Denver's got uh, minus three three points. Yeah, because it's home field advantage. Yeah. Yeah. So is what it is. Well, with that being said, well, who are you taking, Gunner, before we wrap? Uh, I will probably you know, just, bet, you know, I will bet. It. No, here's what I'll do. I'm going to bet on no touchdown being scored. I'm going to, I'm going to take that bet. And, uh, cause Denver's That's had not one of those a bad bet. That's really it's, not. It could be a field goal game back and forth. Denver's had one of those. I mean, that was, uh, back yeah. in October against the Cardinals, Cardinals had those in previous years. So yeah. I, I could see that. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'm not mad at that. that. What's the no touchdown bet? What is the odds on that? Uh, well, you got to go to uh, first touchdown score. Oh, they don't have it on there yet, but it will be on there eventually. So, like, there's a there's a prop bet of first uh, uh, player to score a TD, but then way down there, it's typically like plus two thousand or something like that on no nice. touchdown being scored. But I think on this game with it being such a low, it'll, it'll it won't be as good of odds as a normal game with no touchdown being scored. You know, making that yeah. bet. Well, it's yeah. going to be really cold, so you think the run games are going to get involved, but the Cardinals can never commit to the run, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. But yeah. All right, with that, we got to wrap. We're way over here. Well, even when the Cardinals are this bad, we can still somehow get to almost an hour of just talking about how bad they are. Uh, with that being said, hopefully we get some optimism. Maybe we move up in, a, in our draft spot here after this weekend. Uh, he is Gunner Jackson. You can find him at the Gunner on Instagram. 
nope, sorry, the Gunner on Twitter, yep. at Radio Gunner on Instagram, at Burging Travel for me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, make sure you follow us this weekend if you're going to go to Denver. I know a lot of fans are going to make that commute. We have like 45 fans signed up for our tailgate for Sunday. It's indoors, so get out of that cold for at least a few hours before the game. Uh, the stadium's open, so it's going to be really cold once the game gets going. Uh, BurgingDenver.com for that. And, of course, with this awesome podcast, what you need to do is smash the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts, and make sure you download every episode. Go to cardinalspodcast.com to find uh, a podcast service near you to get this fine show. And, as always, kick off in the valley.